Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Good morning. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, MIP is COVID free. Free meaning you don't need a subscription to MIP every day now for a limited time. While we endure this pandemic, we want to make it available to everyone. So wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, MIP is COVID free and available to you and everyone without a subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, a very special guest joining us. Even though he's a regular, he's still very, very special to me. He founded something called the Progressive Review in 1964. And his motto is the news while there's still time to do something about it. He's a wordsmith and that he's published several books, including the Great American Repair Manual. And he's a songsmith and that he's a musician. Uh, and uh, you know him by his very famous name because he's won uh, an Oscar and a Grammy, uh, waiting on that Emmy and that Tony. Uh, he's world-renowned in that regard. Uh, his name is Sam Smith. And once again, he joins us from Maine. Everybody, it's Sam Smith. Who I found is Sam Smith. Hello. Sam Smith, Sam Smith's album's In the Lonely Hour. Number one in ice. He's on everybody's one-to-watch list for 2014. Give it up for Sam Smith. Sam Smith's coming up right after this. It was a moment. 
Hey man, how are you? How you and Kathy doing in this pandemic in this shelter? Well, we're doing we're doing real well. It's a wonderful place to be uh, isolated. Yeah, and, uh, it is. Make uh, one or two trips into town a day a week. Uh, I have a pick up of groceries at four o'clock this afternoon, and haven't been there since last Friday. Okay, so so you probably are enjoying shelter. You probably enjoying sheltering in Maine more than you would have enjoyed it had you still been in D.C. I take it. Oh yeah, yeah. And I worry <laughs> about people who say in New York City like you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for worrying about me. I'm worried about me too. Uh, how are uh, you doing? Uh, we're good. I mean, fortunately. Um, How's your son doing? I, I, he's great. He's great. You know, I never, uh, it, it, there wasn't a time when I did not take it seriously. We came home on the 13th, didn't really go anywhere else after that. But a few days later, when the um, refrigeration trucks were coming in town and they showed them going across my television screen, uh, it shook me up and I saw how real this was. And then I had a, a friend or two who basically tried to convince me that even staying in New York was a death sentence, but it, you know, it was too late to go anywhere. So we've just been hunkered down. We've been fine. Um, been doing a lot of praying, obviously. Uh, but so far so good. So well, good. We're, we're grateful. We're grateful. What What are the numbers? Have Maine's numbers in general gotten bad at all? Um, Sam, do we know? Maine's Maine's numbers are. Glad you asked me that. Um, we have had a total of um, uh, nine hundred and thirty-seven cases reported, as opposed okay. to you all that have had twenty. 263,000 cases. Yeah, yeah. And um, we have a um, a death rate of about 3.9. Okay. Okay. Which is also below New York by considerable. Well, I mean, everybody's below New York, but I mean, those 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 are still not ideal numbers for Maine, I guess. It could be a lot worse. No. Um, and a lot of those are in nursing homes and, and in old people's homes, you know. Um, and that's something which I don't think has been enough attention paid for because uh, a lot of these nursing homes are owned by big corporations and it makes you wonder how well they're taking care of the people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of, uh, that's pretty scary, uh, as a matter of fact. Um, uh, also good not to be in Washington because so Trump wants us to ingest things we should not ingest and shine light through us or something, uh, expose ourselves to light and radiation. Yeah. And, uh, I, I sent you a photograph of a guy, uh, following his word and, and, and using a straw and a bottle of Clorox. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he was actually sucking it in. I think he was making a comment, but it was, it was pretty striking. Somebody literally, while we're talking, somebody just texted me a a, a picture of uh, uh, Clorox chewables. <laughs> <laughs> Clorox chewables. But but Sam, but Sam, you know um, the the light part. You know where where that's coming from, right? 
the, 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 the light goes. No, I don't. What does he do every day? He sits in that tanning bed. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? So, so for him, you know, he's dealing with. So he probably what he's what he what he couldn't say. What he probably wanted to say was, if you all would just sit in the tanning bed every day like me, you could burn that thing away. But well, I, and, you I, know, I missed that entirely. That's a, that's a you you see you see it now, don't yeah, you? I mean, yeah, that's his... I, I just got so wrapped up in the Lysol and the Forex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and so I, I was watching Andrea Mitchell, and she was defending Dr. Burks and saying, suggesting that Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci are just trying to hang in there for the good of the country. Does that does that wash with you? Is that acceptable? I think, to you? I think they do a pretty good job. Uh, they have these very limited uh, faces they put on every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, could, could, could you do I, that? Huh? Could you stomach that? Could you sit up under him oh, like that no, every day? No, I couldn't do that. Yeah, and, um, yeah. But um, you know, it's it's it's. Dr. Fauci uh, is certainly better than whoever Trump would replace him with. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're at a moment when we need to be talking more about public health, yeah. don't we? A lot more. And I recently wrote a piece about this because it, it has occurred to me, um, really, <laughs> one of the hardest things to cover in news is things that don't get covered. Mm-hmm. Because you, nobody talks about it and you don't think about it. And public health is one of those things. Just to give you a little idea, uh, we spend $619 billion a year on our military as opposed mm-hmm. to $12 billion for the centers on disease control. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we're right now um, close to uh, the total death rate of Americans in the um, in the uh, Korean War. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and we're—I mean, there's fifty thousand at this point. By next week, there'll be more than more deaths than we're in Vietnam, won't there? Could be, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was Vietnam? Fifty-four thousand. Uh, let's see. I, something like that. Something like that. No, I think it was more than that. Vietnam was okay. Was ninety thousand. Oh, ninety thousand. Yeah, okay. Korea was fifty-three thousand. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. You say Korea. I I got. Yeah. I don't know why I thought Korea was less and Vietnam was only 54. Um, but I mean, we're going to hit those numbers. Yeah, and right now, uh, we already more people have died in this um, uh, virus in just a few months than commit suicide in this country in a whole year. Wow. And wow! 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 We're up to over the half of the Vietnam War total. Mm-hmm. But one of the problems is that, you know, you can, from a political point of view, you can go around and tell people, you know, we've got to prepare ourselves for the Russians or the Iranians or the Chinese, and you get billions of dollars that are funded. But nobody talks about something like um, uh, strokes or heart attacks or, or viruses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it should be talked about. In your article, you mentioned, am, am I reading this correctly, a conversation between your senator and Barack Obama? 
after I, I, I found well, this from yeah, 2009. Yeah, Senator Collins, she didn't have a, yeah, she said that after meeting with Mr. Obama uh, back in 2009, Senator Collins expressed concern about a number of spending provisions, including 780 million uh, for pandemic flu preparedness. So she was concerned about spending that amount. And that was, um, what was that, roughly 1% one, 1 of, the, uh, of the military budget. What she's saying about the pandemic these days from, from Maine, has she been saying anything intelligent? Well, I've been trying not to follow her because. <laughs> <laughs> and she, her number's underwater too, aren't they? She's in trouble, isn't well, she? Well, she, she could be in trouble. It's, it's an interesting thing for, the posters, I think, are really in trouble right now because they don't have really solid information on how people are going to react. Mm -hmm. You can only mm -hmm. speculate and guess. And I'm not great on speculation. Biden fears that Trump may even try to postpone the election. Yeah. Well, that's... Um, and can he do that? There's been, been some sort of thought that... that it, uh, Trump's dissatisfaction with the post office and their, you know, reports that he wants to turn it into a privatized operation. Yeah. And that um, one reason he doesn't want this to be voting by mail is because he doesn't want the post office to become that important. Ah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. So in addition to not wanting people to vote, period, mm -hmm. he doesn't want, he doesn't want the post office to become so essential again or, or, continue to be perceived as so essential. That's a good point. That's a very good point. That's very, very interesting. Um, I, you know, I would disagree with Biden. I think it's less likely he'll try to postpone uh, and more likely that they'll just hold it even if people can't vote. That's the, been the consistent um, uh, behavior of Trump in the Supreme Court, Bush in the Supreme Court. Yeah, you have an election, but if there's a way for people not to vote in that election, they'll say, well, it's just too bad. Yeah. It's like, you know, that's what the Supreme Court did in Wisconsin. They kind of came down that way, um, which is, uh, uh, I mean, and it's, it's, it's scary. It's scary. Now, the individual states, if I'm not mistaken, can, I mean, it's up to them. They have their own voting system. Sure. They can, uh, and legislatures and governors can make uh, absentee ballots universally available right now. I know there's legislation um, that would spoke Kamala Harris the other day. There's legislation to give states more money to do that. States have the power to do that. But McConnell's wrong, Sam. States don't really have the power to declare bankruptcy, do they? Well, no, that, that was uh, one of the more wildly stupid things that have been said in the last <laughs> few days. And um, uh, your, your governor got right on the case. And the thought, oh, that, yeah. the thing that I found really interesting was the point that he made that um, according to Cuomo, uh, Cuomo wrote on Twitter that it takes $148 billion more in federal funding than, than in Kentucky. Kentucky takes $148 billion more in federal funding than it contributes, whereas New York contributes more, much more than it gets. Mm -hmm. So that's just a, another example. 
it's an interesting problem to have uh, so many people in high positions telling things that aren't true. <laughs> you know? I mean, I can't Wait, what think if... of a time in my life where that was case. I mean, there would be individuals who would do it, but yeah, sort of. That that's called the 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 Russian strategy um, of the fog of unknowability. Unknowability, and, right? <laughs> and, and it's purposeful. It's just a fog. So we're talking about war. We're talking about the end. Just fog. Just right. so um, you, he's encouraging the the governor of Georgia to reopen Georgia. Then he says he shouldn't reopen Georgia. I mean, it's it that is not so random. You know, use light, use bleach, just everything is is just creates a lot of chaos and confusion nobody knows what's what up from down left from right the fog of unknowability yeah and i guess the thing that i wonder about is is in terms of the reaction to it uh do you react by simply providing the true facts or is there some way that that you can make trump seem as as foolish as he is uh, I mean, in a way, I think MSNBC is doing Trump a favor by by broadcasting his collection of untruths every day. Well, everybody and is. Everybody's I, broadcasting yeah. those things. And I don't think I don't think you have to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, no I, yeah. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing they could do right now. But well, uh, well. The other thing, Sam, and I mentioned this to you the last time we talked, I'll remind you, because I think it needs to be said again anyway. Um, one, Carol Simpson's theory about this being um, a way for him to preempt local news uh, to keep them from reporting what's really going on. That's one. But two, some of our fellow journalists and their agencies and organizations like to be there to cover it and do not mind getting into a row with Trump because that helps their visibility and the possibility of them going viral and getting likes and looks and clicks. So, so in other words, it's, it's like you and I would go there for the purpose of being lambasted by him. And then we would go viral. We would get more likes from it. Right. You know, right. and, and someone very credible told me that. And I hadn't thought about it before, but when they said it, I was like, wow. And it was horrifying. Mm -hmm. And there are a couple of news organizations, uh, not MSNBC, but there are others whom I think that you and I still have some respect for that are actually are doing that. They, they, are, they are going there and being called upon and have no problem with it turning into something ugly. Mm -hmm. Because you still get something from that. You get clicks. And then nowadays, um, it, it, when, you knew, when you and I were learning this craft, the pen was mightier than the sword. Nowadays, uh, the click is mightier than the sword. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's not but, good, Sam. But it's, um, it's, it's an interesting problem of how do, you how do you handle, say, on a personal basis, if you were running to Trump today in a bar, how would you handle him? Well, first of all, he's the kind of character I think the average person wants to avoid. Right. You know, he's, I mean, you know, you, you walk in a bar, you gravitate toward certain, certain people, certain people gravitate toward you. 
I don't think anybody gravitates toward him. No one ever did. Um, other than the fact he was on television and people like celebrity, but I don't, you know, I don't think there's a lot of evidence. A lot of people wanted to hang out with him in the first place. Yeah. Do you just turn your back on him and walk away? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the best thing. What, what are you thinking? What would you do? No, would you try I, to talk I, to him? I don't know. I really uh, don't have a good handle on it. <laughs> but I, I do think that as for starters, that, uh, the, the the TV network should stop covering fully those um, yeah. those uh, news uh, pseudo news operations. That agreed. Agreed. Wholeheartedly agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Because you see, the, the one of the problems, and I found this increasingly true when I was covering Washington, that um, people confuse power with the news. Um, that mm -hmm. if the news news is something that comes from people in power, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, just as a and solely and solely, yeah. So yeah, that that you're not producing news and providing news if you know you you aren't talking to uh, a, a an elected official exclusively or some type of celebrity. Right. Again, that's again that's the that's that's the era of the click though, Sam. Yeah. You know, how many clicks can I get talking to this person? You know, I, I give an example. Uh, recently someone was trying to get scheduled on the show. And I don't always um exercise editorial rights on guests. You know, I talk to a grapefruit. That's my I've always felt, you know, a, an interview is challenging me. So if you book for me, if Brittany books for me to interview a grapefruit, I'm gonna give it a crack and make it interesting. But this was an individual, the last time an individual came on, um, he created a lot of clickbait and created a lot of drama on the show. It was really on call for, I could have done without it. But um, I was at still at Sirius XM at the time and everybody loved it because it was clicks, click, clicks and views, 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 views. Mm -hmm. But it was really kind of silly. Yeah. And it, it didn't make any sense it, if, if, if someone had said, leave this on the cutting room floor, I would have done it. Yeah. Person wanted to come back on the show. And I was like, I really don't need to do that again. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> I've, I've been there, done that. I got the clicks from you. I don't need anything else. Foolish. Yeah, and there are a lot of stories. I mean, the example of the story I wrote about public health, which I, among right. other people, have covered far too little. Um, but that doesn't, that, that's a story that lacks people in a, in power yeah and so it just isn't as as uh as interesting i would just like to say in my defense i hope that you'll treat me as a clementine and not as a grapefruit <laughs> no well you you're neither sam you're much more <laughs> but but you get my point i mean that's no, just... absolutely and 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 i i was an anthropology major and one of the things i find interesting when i look back on on what I've done in life is I constantly uh, go and look at the news from the point of view of things that uh, don't have big names attached to it. What's really going on there, you know, culturally? Right. How, how are things changing? Uh, uh, what neighborhoods are doing X and what aren't and, and that sort yeah. of thing, which is, uh, and I think that was sort of the way I was raised to think about journalism at that time. I think that the infatuation with with power really had a lot to do with the rise of television yeah 
Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and I mean, but television has been around a lot. I, I think I'd really would want, that's, that's something worth considering to go back and really find out the moment that, cause I can't even say that that was the case with Reagan. Cause in the Reagan administration, you still had journalists who were challenging mm-hmm. uh, the white house. I, I'm wondering when did that really begin to change? where journalists were no longer, you know what, honestly, Sam, I, I think we could probably go back and look at the, the advent of the internet itself. Yeah. Once uh, um, online media began to supplant television and print, um, and, it, and, and you could see before, television could hide behind the wall strictly, well, not so much hiding, but but, they were confined um, to the calculus of ratings. Mm-hmm. But you didn't always get all those details. You kind of got an idea what ratings were and who cared, right? The advertisers did, that was it. Right. But now with, with the internet, people, you and I can actually see how many views someone is getting, mm-hmm. how many, and then people judge on that, which I also think is a bit unfair. Because some things get a million views. I don't understand why. I think every conversation you and I have should get a million views. Uh, we say some darn interesting things. And we're two charming gentlemen. But, you know, it's just, that's just how it is. So I think if we go back to the internet and the whole, the whole click culture, click, 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 we can probably find where access. I, I remember thinking, too, how much the tide had changed when Bob Woodward was covering um, the Bush White House. And he was writing these hagiography books uh, <laughs> until he got into trouble because the war was coming about. And then he had to go and kind of change. He had all these notes about the uh, a run up to the war and lack of justification, but he didn't want to publish it because he wanted to keep access. I mean, everybody else said, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. Then he pulled out his notes. Yeah, this is what they were really doing. Well, Bob, you didn't tell us that at first because you wanted to stay and have access so you could get the clickbait. So th- that's the state of John. I mean, I didn't mean to go off into a whole lecture, but I'll admit no, that. And and you I, think, I think the other thing is that going back further is that uh, before television, politicians uh, were judged based on what the community thought about them that they served. I mean, that's where their base was. And they had to keep those people happy. They had to do things for them. And even if they were corrupt, you find, say, with the corrupt mayors of that period, they also did good things for their, for their people. And then with television, it became much, much more just an image thing so that you didn't know, you didn't yeah. even have to do history. And I, I really stumbled across this when I got into the covering uh, the Clinton story from the Arkansas angle. And I realized that nobody was interested in what happened in Arkansas. But it was fascinating. Yeah, I mean, too local. It was, it was, yeah, it was considered too local. And the fact that Arkansas. No, it was Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas was home. one of the three or four biggest drug importation states. I mean, at one point I got a. Um, an email complaining about something I'd written by, by Billy Bear Bottoms. And I said, oh my God, 
Billy Bear Bottoms was a pilot for Barry Seal, the biggest drug importer in the country. <laughs> yeah, Tom Cruise. And, and that was that was um, that was that was Arkansas, but Arkansas wasn't important enough to people in Washington. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ProRev.com, folks, since 96.4, the news, while well, the Sierra Times do something about it. So you, go, you guys are watching good movies lately? Oh, we're watching a lot of good stuff. Uh, our current favorite, I think, is what Better Places, uh, a series on, on, on um, Amazon Prime. Okay, I, have to, I haven't seen that. I have, to, I have to take a look at that. Yeah. 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 Something actually came on on Turner Classic Movies, on television, real television, late one night. And I happened to catch it, hadn't seen it in years, hadn't seen it so long, I've forgotten parts of it. But the movie Claudine with Diane Carroll, who recently passed, and uh, James Earl Jones. Is that right? And it was great, yeah, and the, the soundtrack was done by Gladys Knight and the Pips. <laughs> so That's great. It was a classic, yeah, it was, it was good to see that again. It was good to see it again. Well, so you go into the grocery store. How's that? So what's that like? Still the same people? You wear a mask when you go now? Uh, well, actually, I don't get out of the car. That's right. That's right. They bring it to you. Yeah, you call them, and then they, they bring you the, the bags, and it all um, works out very well. Good, good. And good. the only other reason I go to town these days is once a week to recycle. Ah, okay. So, So the... They don't, where you live, they don't pick up the recycling? Just the trash. Oh, really? You have a guy who picks up the trash. It's not so the you, have to, you have to pay for it. Is that right? Yeah. Huh. You have to pay for the trash to be picked up. Right. That's different. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand. What, what is that? So that that's just... Is that how it is in a lot of small towns? You oh, gotta... yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. So I learned something. I didn't know that. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but one okay. of the nice things is that um, people in a small town also are very friendly. And, and when you get to my age, um, they actually think they ought to do something for you. So they offer to pick up stuff if, you know, if you forgot to order enough milk or something. Right. Mm. Amazing. ProRev.com. What do you do? Do you walk to your grocery store? Or? Yeah, I'm about a block and a half away. Uh -huh. uh, walk there. Um, and they do social distancing. They don't, Yeah, and they only allow a certain number of people in at a time. Uh -huh. And so that there's plenty of space there. So we'll probably do another grocery. You know, I think we're okay. We might make it until Monday. You know, I usually get enough to last four or five days. Yeah. And then, um, so, you know, we're, we're good and comfortable. Well, Kathy is, uh, began agitating me today to, to go and get some, uh, carry out at some restaurant. So I think she's getting a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to get carry out. Yeah. Well, just be careful, man. Okay. We have not, we have not ordered any carry out since we've been in. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that we will. Um, because I I don't know I'm a little have a little trepidation about trusting others in food preparation right now. Yeah, yeah, that may you be know? true. And that's just something to think about because uh, I've been trying to really figure out 
you know, why so many are here in New York. I, I think a lot of it has to do with public transportation. Um, I don't think these subways are safe. And some of the subway workers have been saying that. And a lot of people in New York do carry out every day, all day. And I think that may be a little bit risky too. So that's just me. I'll throw that out. But yeah, you know, y'all, y'all be, y'all be careful. I mean, okay. This but is I'm a, listening. This I is our care. six week. This is our six week. Yeah, is it six week? Yeah, but yeah, I don't want Kath to be mad at me now. Okay. For saying what? <laughs> <laughs> Sam, uh, you're wonderful. Thank Always you, good to talk to you. Enjoy talking with you. Uh, Sam, folks, check out Sam Smith, ProRev.com. Read all the latest news. Uh, he was calling himself a progressive uh, before many of us even knew what the word meant. Uh, the Progressive Review since 1964, ProRev.com. Thank you, Sam. Okay, thank you. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.